listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the very many places you could be, You've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartMedia. If you're part of the Libsyn Network, if you're another podcaster, you can find us, friend us, follow us over there at Libsyn.com. You want to follow us on the social medias, the Facebook, Twitter, and uh, uh, Instagram, Local Bar Media. And if you uh, have comments, questions, condolences, or, you know, if you have a friend, uh, somebody that you think has an interesting, positive story to share that you would like to see them highlighted on this show, best way for you to do that is to hit us at our email, chad at localbarmedia.com. Again, that's chad at localbarmedia.com. How you doing? Uh, very excited about the interview this week. Uh, I- I've I've... Cross paths with a gentleman who I instantly think very highly of. I um, am excited to bring you the interview that I have with Connell Barrett here in just a second. Uh, we had a good time uh, talking in the interview a little bit afterwards. I do hope he and I keep in touch. I found him to be not only captivating, but just a very, very nice person. And uh, the, basically the, the epitome of what I, I want to showcase on, on this show and, and all the stories that have been on it. So very happy to bring that here in, in a few moments. If you don't know him, uh, you will. He has, a, he has a book coming out Tuesday, doing some great work. I, I believe that there's probably a lot of people listening to this show that would benefit from it. But whether you're male, female, married, single, doesn't matter. I think you'll really get something out of this interview. And uh, I'm going to jump to it as quick as I can because uh, I'm not only excited about the interview, I've got a lot to say about it <laughs> after it's done. Too so, uh, so hang in there. We'll we'll jump right to my interview with Connell here in uh, in just a moment. It's a beautiful, beautiful week in South Carolina. It's Mother's Day today. I've got the chance to spend the day with with my beautiful wife and and our two daughters. At least uh, one of them for a moment before she had to go off and do some other stuff. But uh, been a very relaxing day. Got to meet up with some friends of ours. You know, the South has been a little bit more open, but we even. Even with what we've dealt with, we seem to be getting a little bit more open than what we've been. Um, seeing people be <laughs> a lot more positive, people actually smiling. Actually, I can actually see their smiles, uh, not just guess that that's what their eyes are telling me, because I can actually see the smiles on their faces when we're outside and, and, and doing stuff together. It's been great to reconnect with folks over the past couple of weeks. I hope you've had the the opportunity to do that. If that's is, if you're still someone who is very concerned about that or worried about that, I I do hope you're you're finding your ways to still connect with people. I I I'm telling you, the show last week focused on that. I, I don't want to get too much into it, but I'm I'm telling you, we've got to make sure that we're we're keeping ourselves sane and and spending time with our friends is 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 just the best way you can do it. Um, that, that interpersonal communication is just, it's just irreplaceable. You know, zoom calls can help us get through a little while, but they just don't really replace that, that person to person connection we have when we're hanging out with friends. I, um, we, we, we hung out with uh, two good friends of ours today. They have a, they have a beautiful little girl. She's two years old and she's hilarious. She's really developing her personality even more. Very strong willed, very strong willed young lady. And uh, her dad and I were talking about how much she loves birthdays. He had a video of her singing happy birthday to somebody. It was really cute. One of those just adorable things you see. And uh, it was funny, though. She loves to sing happy birthday. She loves happy birthday. Loves all that jazz. But she cannot stand it when people sing it to her. Like, it bothers her. There's this overwhelming anxiety that befalls this two-year-old whenever someone starts singing the happy birthday song so much. That a couple of weeks ago, all of us were together at one of our friends' birthday parties. It was a one-year-old kid. And everybody started singing happy birthday to him. And she, like, almost freaked out. She's over on the side, like, oh, my God, why are these people singing happy birthday to me? I didn't know today was my birthday. And, and she really, like, was flipping out. 
And uh, we were joking about that a little bit today, and it's uh, it's funny, you know, the things that that kids do, and you know, being a parent, and with it being Mother's Day, uh, sitting around with our uh, the, all the beautiful moms that uh, that uh, we interact with, and and sharing stories, and looking at their Instagram and Facebook pages, and uh, it's funny, uh, you know, there's there's just a billion stories to go with every child. There's there's something weird like that, you know. I kind of went off on a tangent though. I was, I was I let my mind go down some rabbit hole a little while later, um, while my uh, my wife and 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 our daughter decided to go on a bike ride. I was doing a little bit of work, and uh, I sat back and I thought about that birthday thing for a second. Have you ever thought about how freaking weird birthdays are? I mean, I, I know that every country kind of celebrates them a little bit differently, but but on the on the whole, we all kind of do pretty much the same thing in a lot of ways at, at least at least here in america and in other westernized worlds if think about it this way if you were an alien and you sh- and you showed up on the planet and uh you you happened to to show up one day and no one could see you in the room and you were just you your your job was to observe human behavior if you happen upon someone's birthday, have you ever thought about how weird that is? And, and let's let's go let's go to kids. Let's do kids' birthday, okay? You're inside someone's house. People are wearing pointy paper hats. They're all singing this song. They all seem to know it, and they've taken a large pastry and they've set it on fire. I mean, a, a birthday is kind of a strange, like that whole singing happy birthday. W- when you take a step back and look at it, it's very odd. I mean, th- we may have pieces and parts to that. There may be some traditions that other people have that they add to it. Some people may not do the paper hats anymore. But but uh, look at somebody's 40th birthday party. I mean, there's even, it's even crazier crap going on. But when you look when you look at something that's just such a traditional us thing as as human beings we never really question that stuff for for some reason we have all grown up with the understanding that lighting a cake on fire while everyone sings to you like one of the droniest sounding songs ever it sounds like it look it looks like a cult think about it it, it really does now i'm not here to bash birthdays I, I'm, I'm not I, i'm just saying that when you take a step back and, and look at the practice it is rather odd, right? Like it's it's a good thing that we we do this all over the world because if 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 let's, let's say we only did that in America, when your friends came over from other countries and you, hey, I want you to come over for my birthday, they'd feel really out of place and lost and probably a little bit scared. If suddenly y'all started up the birthday séance with the paper hats <laughs> and the singing. It, it, it's funny when you when you take some of the things that we do and break them down and try to pretend like you have to explain to someone who has zero context in what you're talking about. You know, like you, you got you got to you've got to explain. Think about your traditions that you have, not only in your town, but in your family, that if people don't have the context of what's going on, uh it may seem really weird. And and there, there may be something that's lost in that translation. Something that feels so comfortable, warm, and welcoming to all of us, well, except for my friend's two-year-old daughter, would seem, well, would make them feel like it, that little two-year-old daughter. It's very strange. There's something about that, though, that I think we need to think about more. More on that in a minute, because this week's interview actually kind of starts skirting towards that point a little bit. Uh, I've really enjoyed my conversation with Connell the other day. I think that you'll enjoy it, too. Uh, Again, I'll just tell you up front, he is a a dating coach in New York City. Um, While that sounds like, oh, well, I'm not single, or I don't plan on being single, uh, or I don't need a dating coach... Uh, the conversation doesn't just necessarily go that way. It is very informative of who he is and what he does, but I think the mindset and the conversation where we took it uh, really, really highlights a couple of things. Maybe even 
maybe even some things and some traditions and common practices as common as a birthday song that we need to pay attention to. So uh, I want to go ahead and bring up my interview with Connell, and I will talk to you on the other side of the break. Nothing stays the same when you're out of the game for too long. As if you're looking back, trying to find the tracks, they're all windblown. I'm always shedding my skin, even from within, and I don't know where I've been, where I go, the future so. Cause when I think about how the way things should have gone. I'm still out here on my own With me this week uh, is, a, is a very interesting person Someone I'm, I'm very excited to have on the show uh, I, I don't know why in, in all the years that we've done this, this podcast I've never had anyone on that has addressed this subject When probably about at least Half of the people that have been uh, guests on the show have had to deal with this over the past few years. Uh, my guest this week is Connell Barrett. He is uh, he has come up with Dating Transformation. Uh, it's a website where you can go and find out a lot about him and what he does as a dating coach. Just finished a book uh, that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. But all the way from New York City, Connell Barrett. Connell, how are you? Chad, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on today. So, New York City. I, but as we as we start this, your dating coach in New York City. That that has got to be one of the best, I'd say, petri dishes for case studies in dating that there's ever been. I mean, for for every block, there's got to be thousands of people that have good and bad uh, stories about dating. So, I'm sure your expertise on this subject. Is not is only magnified by how how much you've dealt with in New York City. It's a fascinating place to, <laughs> to live and date in. Biggest city in America, melting pot. Every ethnic diversity, every sexual preference, yeah. um, every everything good, bad, or indifferent that can happen to you in dating will happen to you in New York City yeah. at one time if you're out here on the single scene. I I, I absolutely believe that. What um, let's talk a little bit before we, you know we're gonna get into a, a good bit about your book, a good bit about your website, and what you do. Um, it's very easy to say that you're a dating coach, but a lot of people probably don't know really what that entails. Can you just, in a nutshell? Uh, and I don't mean to oversimplify your life's work, but just as an introduction, can you kind of give us an idea of what exactly a dating coach is, or, or at least what, what you see a dating coach to be? Yes, I'm the real-life hitch. If Will Smith was a skinny ginger, that's, that's <laughs> who I am. I help, and just like in that movie, I help nice, solid, good guys, maybe introverts, but men who lack confidence or perhaps lack, lack experience and technique in terms of how to flirt, how to be confident, how to get a great girlfriend. I help those guys go from self-doubt and maybe loneliness and how do you talk to girls to, wow, I've got three or four amazing women I'm seeing and man, I'm, I'm going to settle down with Emma. She's gorgeous and we have a connection and I want her to be my girlfriend. I basically help those guys get the girl they've always wanted. It's uh, it's funny you bring up Hitch. I actually wrote that down. That is one of my guilty pleasure movies, and uh, it would be great for us to hang out one day because my friends say I look kind of like a poor man's Kevin James. So between the two of us, <laughs> we could do an awful remake of of that movie. Um, well, even though even though I'm the Hitch, I dance like Kevin James. Does in that movie, <laughs> yeah. Where where Hitch kind of slaps him on the face and says, "Don't ever do that." Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. But here, here's a, here's a secret. Here's a secret. If you go out to a dance club or a bar, women actually like guys who dance dor dorky as long as you're having fun with it. So I actually I actually think that, hey, don't try to be cool. Feel free to do, do the shopping cart, do the robot, if that's you. Women like a guy who's having fun. You know, it's, it's funny you bring up that movie, and, and, and in looking at uh, a lot of your information uh, before you and I talked here today, it, there is a big emphasis on, on you finding good guys and, and good people that just need that step up. But there's a lot about respecting women and, and, and all that too. And it's, it's kind of interesting that you're not just really saying, hey, I can help anybody find everything that their life uh, desires. 
uh, or that you have some algorithm that's going to match everybody and every personality type together. And I, I'm just kind of curious, obviously that can't just be something like that's got to be organic. Like how, how did your own life impact th this, this ideal that you took into the dating arena? Yeah, great question, Chad. I, the reason I'm a dating coach and I can fix almost any dating problem a guy has is because I had every problem myself. I had, the, I had too much anxiety to ever approach women. I couldn't talk to girls out in the world. I was in the friend zone. I felt like I could not be the real me with people, with women, because why would they want to date a dorky, introverted ginger without a six-pack? Don't women want rich, cool, awesome, six-pack, wealthy guys? And what I learned in my years training in this area and going on my journey is when I, when I, when I let go of the pickup artist moves, or when I let go of trying to get every woman to like me, and instead I leaned into being my authentic self, what I call being radically authentic, showing women the real me, then did I attract every woman? Hell no. But I became very attractive to the kinds of women who like my type. Kinds of women who like a quasi-hipster New Yorker, a little bit of a dork, a little bit of, a, <laughs> of an intellectual reader, right? Yeah. Not every woman wants to jam with me, but women who like that type are really into me. So the way I learned this was instead of trying to get every woman to like you or be cool or wear some kind of first date mask where you're trying to say cool lines and you're worried about whether she likes you, take off that mask, get radically authentic, be vulnerable, and show her your real sense of humor. Tell her real stories about your life. Uh, in other words, lean into who you are. If you're a divorced dad, let her look into that part of your life. Talk about your kid. If you are a, a nerd like me, nerd out on Game of Thrones and uh, what you're watching on Netflix. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you love banter and just love fun, teasing, busting each other's balls, a lot of women like that kind of chemistry. So really it comes down to leaning into what makes you you. And that means many women won't be into you, but a subset of women are going to be crazy about you because they see a kindred spirit and that's when real connections happen. I want to I want to get into some of that with you, but um, as two guys talking here, I, I have to address something that I I kind of consider the elephant in the room. Now, just for full disclosure, I've I've been married now since 2000 and and oh gosh, 17, 2017. That's when we got married. But um, okay. I was married for 13 years before. I, I went through a period where I was dating. Uh, and, and I want to get into all that, but since, but since I've been married now for, for a few years, um, I have to ask a question that, that I'm curious about, that I've heard uh, guys that I know from work, uh, friends of mine that are now newly divorced, that are going through the dating process. There seems to be a, a, a fear, and, and I'm going to use the word fear, um, and I, I, don't want to, I don't want to walk into any ground here, that, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anything. Um, if you can't tell, I'm throwing out a whole hell of a lot of conditionals because I don't want emails on this. But okay. <laughs> we 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 are in a, we are in the the either the Me Too era or the post Me Too era, and it seems like for a lot of people there there seems to be concerns about that. Is that something that you see as a, as a dating coach, or is that something that in my head and maybe the few of the guys that I deal with, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's absolutely an issue that must be dealt with. Chapter 13 in my book, Dating Sucks But You Don't, is all about how to date in the Me Too era. Okay. In an era, an era when we are all, we all as men, I believe, should be aware of, empathetic to what women experience, what women and girls have experienced. So yes, there's absolutely, there's absolutely, we should absolutely talk about that. And here are my two tips for any men, single men listening to this about dating in the Me Too era. Tip number one is, first things first, understand that it's not about you or me, hmm. guys. It's about women. The Me Too movement is about women and girls and the harassment and abuse that they've gone through for basically forever. And this is a long overdue reckoning that's, that society ha is dealing with and will continue to. And I think it's a good reckoning because, hey, let's talk about making sure women are protected and respected. So just by understanding that the Me Too movement is about women, and it's not about us, that will help you. So while dating in the Me Too era 
here's the guy you don't want to be. You don't want to be the guy who on a date says, you have to kiss me or make the first move because uh, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. That's, that's making it about you, the man, as opposed to her, the woman. And that's not what Me Too is about, right? Right. It's about women and girls. So don't be that guy. Women hate it. It shows lack of empathy, and it's just not good dating game. Um, that's tip number one. Tip number two is rem- remembering, hey, uh, yes, we're in the Me Too movement, but that doesn't mean we can't be men. Women still want men to be men. You can still open doors. You can still hold her hand. You can still make that first move. You can still go for the kiss. You can still do all the things that women want us to do. All you have to do is be empathetic to how she's feeling, notice it, calibrate accordingly. Um, the mistakes that men... Here's a, Can I tell you a quick story to illustrate what not to do? Yeah, yeah, please, please. <laughs> okay, so this is the first... This is a story in first... Chapter 13 of my book, uh, how to, it's called the chapter is called Consent is Sexy How to Date in the Me Too Era. Here's what you don't do don't do what I did about 12 years ago on a first date with a woman. And, and I was on a first date and I hadn't made any kind of move. I was being just not, not going for it. You know, I wasn't flirting very well. I was afraid to kiss her. I just wasn't doing the things that we need to do as men. Right. And we're, we're walking to the subway. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh man. I don't want to creep her out, but at the same time, if I don't do something, I'm probably going to get friend zoned, and she won't. I'll never hear from her again. So, I I decide got to make the big move, and I I just try to kiss her, and but she wasn't ready for it. She was looking down at her phone. And all of a sudden, she looks up and she sees this incoming missile of my lips <laughs> coming at her face, and she kind of backs off, not because she doesn't like me, but maybe <laughs> she just didn't know what was happening. Right? She thought she she thought maybe you tripped and were falling into her face. She yeah. Had no idea. <laughs> yeah. And my like my front teeth kind of graze her chin. Oh it my was god! Awful. <laughs> it was awkward. I it, I'm getting chills thinking about just retelling the story. And I call that the lunge. Right? Yeah. The lunge. The lunge is you make no moves the entire date, and then you basically try to throw a touchdown from your own end. Zone. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Not good football strategy. Not good dating strategy. So instead, what you want to do on the date is we baby step these kinds of things with women. We baby step, meaning first you might compliment her, then you might tease her a little bit, talk a little bit romantically. You might tap her on the knee, tap her on the shoulder. At some point, you might hold her hand. And if she gives you green lights to these things as you go along, you're giving her this clarity of, hey, I'm into you, I'm liking you, it's going well. And then if you've held hands with a woman and maybe whispered in her ear some romantic things, at the end of the day, it's totally normal and, and awesome to kiss her. She'll be ready for it and wanting it. So don't save your lunges for the gym. That's <laughs> tip. Nice, nice. <laughs> I like that tagline there. So... Um, that's, 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 that's really, that's really great to hear. I, and I, and I, I, I can, I bet there are a lot of people that find solace in that. Like that's, that's great to hear that you address that in the book. Um, you know, when you, I, I want to ask, I don't know if you talk about this in the book or not. I mean, I, the, the, the name of the book dating sucks, but you don't, but in the, in the tagline underneath, it says the modern guy's guide to total confidence, romantic connection, and finding the perfect partner, that total confidence part. Mm. One of the things that, that I've noticed and tell me if I'm way off here. But forever, as long as I, I, we'll go back to the movie Hitch again. It doesn't really seem to be in vogue in pop culture to to talk about guys that are that are looking for someone. I mean, like there's there's tons of movies about single women. Obviously, they probably just market it towards them who are uh, by themselves in their town and they go to Tuscany and drink wine and fall in love and marry some some <laughs> doctor. That, yeah, there's 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 hundreds right. of there's a there's there's lifetime movie after after uh, lifetime movie during the holidays about like somebody that's single during Christmas, but it's always female. And if it's, if it's a guy, be, if it's a guy, I, I he, definitely I definitely have a feminine side because I love those movies. Oh and my you God. know what? I would love to go to Tuscany and meet a great <laughs> female doctor. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. Well, if you're if you're if you're going to follow the pattern, they also have to be a widower or a widow, and so you know, there's never any questions about why where all these dead spouses are. Nobody ever really gets into that. But you know, that seems to be a very <laughs> in vogue thing. I was I was thinking before we were talking today. Hitch was obviously the first thing that was brought up. Then the next two are I'm going to show my age here. 
um, aren't really about a guy looking for someone. It's more about two couples, like things like When Harry Met Sally or Sleepless in Seattle. It still was more, really a yeah. lot more, both with Meg Ride, uh, um, both like heavy on, on the on the female side. Does, does pop culture kind of push guys in, into a situation where maybe that confidence kind of gets shaken because they, they don't see? Uh, like every, everything that's pushed forward to them doesn't match where they are in their lives. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's, I, I think culture and society does strongly influence men in a couple ways that are important to talk about. There's something that one of my old coaches taught me, which is the the – there's a social, there's a societal conditioning that can hurt men's confidence, a man's confidence. And here's how it happens. Society tells us through movies, through magazines, through, through um, commits that are, that are extended from person to person that you got to be really good looking to be confident with women or to get, quote unquote, success yeah. with women. Yeah. You have to have a six pack, you have to be a millionaire. I remember back way before I started learning about success with women, I was standing outside the building I worked in in New York City with my then friend, and I, I saw a couple gorgeous women walking into the building, you know, high high boots, classy, sexy, just like really amazing women. And he saw me look at them with desire. He said, don't bother. Yeah. They, yeah. Want, they want investment bankers. They don't want you. I mean, he didn't say they don't want you, but yeah. that was the message. He wasn't trying to be mean. He was... He was following this this myth that society says you got to be tall, sexy, six pack, rich, all that stuff. Now those things are nice; they're nice bonuses if you have them in a woman's eyes. But they're kind of like jacuzzis. They're they're, they're nice <laughs> to have, but they're way overrated, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so we have to, as men, we have to unplug from this social conditioning of you got to be tall, handsome, six pack. And instead, find out other ways to show women how amazing you are. So, yeah, maybe you're not 6'3 with six-pack abs. Guess what? Maybe you have an amazing sense of humor or become good at flirting or become really good at approaching uh, and or, or just show that, that authentic value you offer as a person. Because women like you for you. Women like the value you offer them. They don't care about six-packs. Don't care about looks and money, and like it's and again, nice bonus, but not required. So I really think that society has hurt men's confidence. And what I want to do with my book is help them take out that Windows 97 dating software they've been using, <laughs> right? And upgrade it to the new iPhone operating system, where it's like, hey, maybe I'm not six three, amazingly handsome, and the, the coolest guy in the world, but man, I have value. And I'm going to show that authentic, awesome self to some women, and some women are going to really love it. Do you think that uh, the internet has helped or hurt today? The, the, the reason I ask is, you know, when I when I got married the first time, uh, we got engaged. It was it was the late '90s, and we got married. Mm. We got married very young. I'm not that old, okay? But uh, it was the it was the <laughs> it was the late '90s, and then I was married for 13 years, and then and then started dating again. And it wasn't just that there were dating apps. There weren't. We didn't even have cell phones, really. I mean, it was like ungodly to get a cell phone back back then. Um, certainly no smartphones or anything like that. Thank God for no camera phones. But still, then we move into this era where there's a lot of apps and there's a lot of things that are going in. And it seems like we, as a people, looked at that and said, "I like the fact that there's an app here because I'm a busy professional person, and it's very hard for me to meet someone." And the internet has made the world smaller, and it and it's made it more plausible, if you will. But it seems right. like people have gotten kind of stale to that. Do you think that the that the internet has 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 helped, or do you think it's kind of hurt with what you see specifically towards towards men? I think it it's generally helped as long as you know how to use the internet, especially dating apps, to get some dating options. Here's how it really helped me, Chad. Um, when I was first getting into this, what happened was I got married to the, I couldn't, I, I just wasn't good with women. I couldn't get dates. I, women didn't like me romantically or so I thought. And I finally got married to a woman who I thought wanted to be with me. And then she dumped me nine weeks later. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it was over quickly, but we, we fought for custody of the wedding cake. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> my favorite um, so, yeah. so when that ended, when that ended, 
I said, oh, well, I'm going to jump on the apps, jump on to try to get into online dating and learn how to do that. And I struggled with it at first. But once I cracked the code of online dating and using the Internet, uh, all of a sudden I had, I had options. I had options. I had some dates. I had women. I started to, to market myself to women who liked me. So I think that for me and for men, if you use it correctly, the Internet can really help you get some dates, get some matches, get some options. Because all a guy needs to start getting a little confidence is a couple good dates with a couple cute girls who like him. <laughs> you make out on the first date or you hold hands or you hook up or whatever it is, you realize, hey, wait a second, women like me. At least some of them do. And so for me, I, had, I went from total scarcity with women. I, I, I went from, from uh, absolutely dying of thirst to, you know, a couple, you know, uh, having a few nice drinks of water. Yeah. And, uh, and that gave me a lot of confidence. So I think the internet, if you use it that way, if you, if you use it to go from scarcity to some abundance and options, it can really help a guy's confidence. I love. I do love the title of the book, "Dating Sucks, But You Don't." I mean, it, it obviously speaks directly to the confidence part, and I, I get that. The second part, where you talk about the romantic connection, I, I'm kind of curious. I, I, I take it you pro you you don't coach women, correct? Correct. Okay. I, I coach. I may almost entirely coach men. Okay. When you do talk to women, though, when they find out what you do, what questions do you get most from women? <laughs> um, they ask me, why do guys, why do guys ghost? Why do they say they want a relationship and then they disappear? They ask me, they basically say, why do guys do what they do? Why do they say one thing and do another? I get that a lot. Um, on the apps, where I'm, I'm, a, so I'm single again. I mean, I, I, I was, I basically was married to my book, writing it over lockdown, and now I'm single again, back out there. So another thing they ask me is. Wait, you're a dating cat, dating dating coach here on Bumble? Or is this for real, or are you doing research? So, so they asked me that too. <laughs> yeah, I got you. That's that's interesting. By the way, for full disclosure, my wife now and I we, we met on Bumble. Uh, and so, nice. yeah, we actually out of out of all the date, we've tried all the dating apps, and sometime when we, we when we can get together and have a few drinks, we'll, we'll tell you some really funny stories about what we saw on the other apps. She was actually, I can only imagine. yeah, my wife Maria was actually the first person that I was connected with on Bumble. Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting. But um, she was your first, like your first match or a match or date from Bumble. Yes, I would. She, I would. She was my first match, and I was her one thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight. <laughs> So it was obviously, obviously meant to be from the beginning. Um, well, that's a that's a great point. I mean, I, hold, I, I don't want to interrupt you. No, you're good. That, that's that's it's important for men to realize. It's a lot. So so thank you for the nice compliment about my book title. It comes from online dating. Um, the book is called Dating Sucks, but you don't. And it came from a, a sentence in my book that my agent said. I, I, there's a line in my book where I'm talking about online dating, and a big mistake that men make is they think online dating is dating. Online dating uh, is not dating. Okay. Online dating is not really dating until you meet in real life. Until then, it's marketing. Yeah. You're marketing yourself. So I tell guys, so guys come to me, they're crushed. They're like, I get no matches on Bumble or Tinder. Women never match with me or, they, or they, they send one message and then they ghost me. And I say, well, it's not you. It's your marketing. Online dating doesn't suck. You, your marketing sucks. You, and you don't suck. Your marketing sucks. Let's fix your marketing. We don't have to fix you. There's nothing broken in you. What might be broken is your marketing. So we fix the marketing issue, and you get lots of matches and dates. Um, so but, <laughs> the reason I thought of that is because most guys don't get a million matches, and women, attractive women anyway, get lots, like your <laughs> like your future wife. Um, and that cut, and so a lot of guys get bummed out. But just remember, online dating is competitive. There's a lot more men chasing a subsection of the women who are desirable and so it is competitive but it's really a marketing challenge not uh am i good enough challenge yeah not to make this too much of an ad for bumble but i, I will tell you i <laughs> i completely understood why maria was 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 using bumble because of the the idea behind it and for, for listeners that don't know uh the app is set up to, to where it's not so much that the woman makes the first move but after you match the the the, the female decides if she wants to to start the conversation or not and, right. and, and I, I like that because when she, when she would show me, uh, we'll, we'll call it my competition, the things coming at her from all different sides on any other app, 
I mean, it was amazing. Like, I mean, women have everything thrown at them, basically, and I mean everything. Yeah. Whenever they, whenever they, they start that. So I, I could, I could really understand that, and and I think that's a, a really neat way to look at it. And I, I like your idea about the marketing aspect of it. I mean, it was, it really was that way for me when, when I was looking. I knew I was looking at someone's highlights, and and when when Marie and I uh, connected on on Bumble. We, we went over really quick what was going on in our pictures and what we want our highlights to be. But uh, what we did just, just, just is very odd because we're both very busy and we're both, we both have children from previous marriages. Um, so because of that, we have to, we, we, you know, we watch very closely about who we're, we're connecting with and we have to look at it through the eyes of someone who could potentially be a partner for our child, the whole divorced dating part of it with, with, with the kid. And I think that uh, we went on a bunch of lunch dates because you knew it was going to be an hour and you knew you had a set time period. There, there wasn't really, yeah. hey, I got to walk you up to the door. I wonder if I can stay the night. That's not happening because I got to get her back to work. And so that right. allowed for us to kind of start seeing each other. Even then, though, until we went out at night and it was this can last for five minutes if it's a failure or it could last all night, potentially. Although she, she I, I got shot down once or twice. That's another story I'll tell you over <laughs> drinks. Um, and we eventually got married, so that's fine. But uh, the um, I didn't consider that dating until we hit that that part too. And I, and I wonder if people do do kind of consider, oh, this is dating, and they kind of get into that phase and they forget to promote who they really are, and they're not really getting themselves out there, so they kind of lose touch with who they are. Is that is that kind of where you're going with that? Absolutely. You want you want the other person, whether you're a man or a woman. But in my case, I'm usually speaking to single men. You want the other, you want the woman on the other end of that table, or the other, or the other end of her phone, or the phone call, or the video date. You want her to get you, yeah, yeah. quickly, a clear, simple. Oh, I get this. I get this. I get who he is. Don't be Mr. Mysterious. It's another big mistake some men make. I hear a lot of, oh, I'm being, I'm not being mysterious enough. Forget mysterious. Well, you know, let Chris Angel be mysterious. <laughs> you um. <laughs> Your mysteriousness will come out because you're a complex guy. You're Walt Whitman. We all are. We contain multitudes. Your complexity and mysteriousness will be revealed to her in time. It's much better to be super clear about who you are, what you're about. Uh, it comes down to relevant value. Really, date, It's not a sexy romantic term, but really dating is about, does this person have value to my life? Do I see the value they can bring to my life? A hookup, a, ro a relationship, falling in love, uh, laughing, whatever it might be and showing that uh, authentic value you offer because guess what? Most guys are hiding that or putting on some kind of weird persona and using lines from pickup artists or from Reddit or something. Um, now with that, uh, be vulnerable, be authentic, have fun, and show her the real you. And it's totally cool if she's not into it. She's not rejecting you. She, she might be just rejecting your type. But guess what? You show that radically authentic chat or Connell or whoever he is, and some women are really going to like it. So take my take my Bumble profile, for example. My Bumble profile is, hey, I'm the real-life hitch. If you're cool dating a real-life dating coach, then, <laughs> you know, we might get along. I have a joke. I, I, there's a line in my Bumble profile. I say, hey, I will never send you a dick pic, but I might send you a duck pic. So, You're the worst jokes, but I love them. <laughs> so, that's a terrible joke. I told you I like that joke. But, but that says to her, oh, this guy's not a creep. He yeah. I'm not going to get dick pics. <laughs> and guess what? Plenty of women don't want to date me. I'm sure I, get, I get plenty of left swipes, I have no doubt, but I get plenty of right swipes because I'm marketing to my type. Okay. And if you market to your type, that subset, you will have more options than do with, and then you date a couple cool, two or three women, cool women until you find that really awesome chemistry, and then boom, get into a relationship with her, and that's a great way to choose a girlfriend. Not settling for what you can get, instead you want to settle down from really good options. Connell, I'm, I'm curious, and, and kind of wrapping up here, when... You know, you, you've obviously you've obviously been very successful with this, you're, you're, with your book, um, by the way, dating, dating sucks, but you don't. That is available now, correct? Absolutely. It's okay. for sale on Amazon. It's on any online retailer, audiobooks, ebooks, stone tablets. However you read your books, you can find it. 
going back, I, I, I want you to do me a favor and, and kind of go back to when you you got the inception for this idea and you and you you know you put the oars in the water and started out and and then you are where you are today post book it's now available uh datingtransformation.com is 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 very successful you've got lots of clients what have you gotten from this i i'm just curious personally in your journey as as someone who is dating as someone who is out there helping people try to 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 have what is one of the yeah. most important human experiences they can. What kind of, I don't want to say, don't focus just on the misconceptions you may have had in the beginning, but I'm curious, when you look back and look at the few things that that have, have really kind of just presented themselves to you, what have you gotten the most out of this journey since you started it? I think that, let me answer that with a story. Okay. Quick story. I remember... So I was a few years into studying this area, and I work with pickup artists. I work with classy coaches. I work with sleazy pickup artists. Yeah. I did tons. I work with everybody, and so I spent. I wasted a lot of time trying to be a little bit too pickup artisty and try to say the right thing or be alpha male or be some kind of you know cooler avatar than I really am or sure. different avatar. And one night I said, you know what? Hell with that. I'm going to go out tonight and be so freaking Connell. I can't even stand it. <laughs> and I went I went to this bar in the Lower East Side of New York City called um, uh, Chant Hotel Chantel. And um, I went out and I just said, you know what? I'm just going to show women the real me. And I relaxed. It made me feel more me. I was more, I was wittier. I was funnier, dad jokes and all, at least to women who find that funny. <laughs> and that night was an epiphany because all of a sudden women began re responding differently. The, the vulnerability, the, the confidence, the relaxation. I remember one woman I walked up to, and we were just chatting for literally 30 seconds, and she said to me, she said, you have 10 seconds to kiss me. Huh? And, that, and then she started counting down, 10, 9, 8. And, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be gentlemanly of me to not honor oh, her Right, wishes. yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was walking home that night, and I was thinking, wow, what was so great about tonight was there was no pickup artist BS, but also, I wasn't Mr. Wimpy friend zone loser. I was confident and awesome. And I was like, wow, I've got to put this into a bottle and, and sell it. <laughs> it's just really powerful. And that's basically what Dating Sucks But You Don't is. It's, it's, a, it's a roadmap for guys who have struggled with confidence, who want to approach but can't, who don't know how to talk to girls, don't know how to flirt, who are lonely sometimes or settling. And it's a roadmap to take them from that place to confidence, approach, dates, and then set up, find a girlfriend who's not only awesome, but who knows you and loves you for you. And that's the most important thing that I've learned from this is learning that I'm enough, lots of women like the real me, and that's an amazing way to walk through life. What, what a wonderful message to send to people, and I'm, I'm so glad, Connell, that there are people out there like you that, that are helping people. I, you know, I can say as a, as a dude that loves to hear himself talk, it's why I have a podcast. The, the whole <laughs> the whole dating thing is is convoluted, and and there there are you do you do second guess yourself a lot, and even for the most confident of us, I think sometimes we forget. And and what I worry about is it can change people deeply. So it's it's wonderful that there are people out you like like you out there. Uh, name of the book again: Dating Sucks But You Don't. It is out now. You can get it at Amazon or wherever your books are. Or uh, going to uh, Connell's website, datingtransformation.com. Connell, is there any place else people can look for you? Or and, and, Oh, by the way, doesn't matter where anybody lives. If they're interested in not only getting the book, but maybe using you as a coach, do you, you coach virtually so anybody could connect with you if they wanted to? Absolutely. I work with uh, men who want to really get down and dirty, go do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. That's all available on my website, datingtransformation.com, again. And also, maybe you don't want to work with me. Maybe you don't even want to buy the book. You just want some free, awesome tips. Uh, on my website, I have a video series called Simple Dating Secrets. Free. Sign up for it. Every week, twice a week, you get two, three videos from me sent to your inbox giving you my best tips. Uh, yeah. If you're not ready to buy the book, all good. Go get some free video tips. I just want to help men be authentic and connect with awesome women. And, uh, yeah, life is too short not to get a wonderful girlfriend and to feel great about yourself as a man. You know, I, Connell, I, I can't tell you how, how glad I am that our paths have crossed. 
I think you're a fantastic guy. As someone who, Thank I, you. I, I, it goes without saying, I have to say it though, that has been blessed with a wonderful wife uh, and, and an incredible mm. woman. I, I I could have easily screwed that up in the dating process. And, and it's wonderful that there are people out there like you uh, that help people out. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I look forward to uh, hopefully getting some emails from some people uh, reaching out to you and maybe sharing a couple of anonymous stories with us uh, here at the local bar. I, I would love to hear if there are any listeners that reach out to you and really get something out of it. But thank you for your time today. But more importantly, thank you for what you do to help people enjoy their lives. It, it has been wonderful uh, to talk to you. I love it. Great. I love your podcast, Chad. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody about the local bar on in my tribe. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. Thanks a lot, man. Well, you take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. If I could fight like you, I'd be a champion. I could hang my hat, darling, out in the hallway If I could fight like you, I could do anything And I could walk away like a machine What an absolute, cool, extremely nice man who is doing the Lord's work in New York City and all over the place. Connell Barrett was was an absolute blast to be able to talk to. Uh, his book is already in stores, but they are they are kind of pushing it out there on uh, on Amazon here this Tuesday. If you're if you're wanting to find out more about him again at datingtransformation.com, that's where you can find Connell. And his book should be hitting the the stands of Amazon or anywhere where you get uh, get your fine books here. On uh, Tuesday, do me a favor uh, as well. If you do go and get the book, one of the things that, that I think because we don't bring it up, it's it's almost become something we just don't ask for anymore uh, in the online world. But I, I think people don't realize how important it still is. If you do get his book, please leave a review. Um, even if you haven't read the book yet, say that you heard about it on a podcast. You don't have to mention this one, but say that uh, that, that you did. And uh, uh, leave a nice review for him. That 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 stuff does um, does really help out and does go a long way. Why uh, while you're at it, if you haven't left one for the local bar in a while, why don't you do that? Uh, I, I I can't I can't tell you how much I enjoy talking with him uh, during the interview and even afterwards. You know, I I I find it just very um, awe inspiring when I speak to people who are really truly doing what they love. But also when that thing brings joy to others. I, uh, I, I think the dating world is kind of a funny thing because everyone who is listening to this, this podcast, I'm willing to bet, has at some point in their life been in the dating world. Whether it was when you were in middle school because you married your, your high school sweetheart, which is still weird to me. Um, or like me, someone who got married very early and then suddenly found themselves in their mid-30s dating for the first time in, in, in over a decade and a half. Um, I, I, think it's, um, I think it's something that we all seem to do, but we're all very nervous about it. And in some ways, all of us fumble our way through it. And, you know, I, I've never really figured that out. And, 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 in, and in having this discussion with Connell, it, it's amazing. It is something we all do. Yet rarely do any of us do it well or at least with some consistency I, yeah, part of it's not your your fault some, sometimes the date's just bad sometimes the matches just don't connect that what, what are you going to do about that but even then even then we have a hard time accepting that and we we spend a lot of time looking inward and trying to either blame it on us or find a way to not blame it on us. But it, it may have had absolutely nothing to do about it. I, you know, Maria and I have been saying now for a while, we're going to bring our other podcast back, Welding a Family. A lot of people have been asking us to do that. I, I'm really trying to get her to do it, folks. I, I, I really am. Uh, it's, it's more of a time thing uh, with my job and everything. It's just it, we, we really lose a lot of time. Um, 
but we've talked on that show about dating stories. If you, if you if you're if you're new to the podcast, oh, a couple of things real quick. The music you hear on the show is Don Merkel's, a buddy of mine. I got the the the, the awesome, incredible opportunity uh, to play with uh, Don Merkel and his band uh, for a couple of years. We toured around this area. Uh, as Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths was the iteration that I played with. He is doing a lot of solo work now. He's got a lot of stuff going on, on his YouTube channel. If you're interested in his music, check it out. Don Merkel, it's spelled M-E-R-C-K-L-E. And uh, Welding a Family. Welding a Family was our, our podcast and uh, that my wife and I did. And we we it, the show is about our blended family. We got married uh, in 2017. Both have children from previous marriages, and, and that's pretty much what the the, the show was about. But we, from time to time, we've listed horror stories on dates, and a lot of it has to do with dating in your mid thirties. I mean, I just both of us found each other during that time period, and it's a you know you're you're coming off of. I, I mean, hell, I didn't even have. I mean, flip phones weren't even a thing when I was dating. There was no camera on a phone. There were no smartphones. We thought a StarTac was a smartphone. If, you, if you're old enough to know what I'm talking about, um, and so we so we didn't have that. Then suddenly, that's the only way you meet. That's that's all you do. And it's strange, and and none of us feel comfortable, no matter how easy it is at our fingertips. And that that's why I think what Connell does is so amazing because it takes something that that I don't know. Maybe there's a stigma like, well, I don't need a, a coach like that. Really? Because I need like someone in, in IT to help me with my computer, and half the time they tell me just to unplug it and plug it back in. It may seem mundane. Maybe it feels like something I should be able to figure out on my own, but hearing it and have someone coach you through it, sometimes it's just hearing the things you already know. Somebody say them out loud, but a lot of times maybe you're just not seeing the bigger picture, which I think is probably the bulk of what Connell does. People just don't see the big picture. I mean, talking with him, looking into the book and everything, I, I think that the bulk of it is is can be brought into a couple of major groups. Confidence, which is the easiest word to say, but the hardest thing for anybody to to, to gather. And and getting out of your own way. I want to talk a little bit about that that second point here real quick before we all go. Whether you're dating, whether you're trying to start a business, whether you're trying to uh, connect with some friends in your neighborhood, whether you're trying to start a hobby, I think we get in our own way way too often. I think a lot of times we don't realize the things that we put in place that we think are, are safety blankets, that we think are, are safety nets, that we think are measures for, for comfort, but they 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 tell the people around us a different message. And I think we're not very self-aware because we just, we just keep going with uh, what we've always done. That old phrase, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. And I, I think that, that one of the things that we do when we look for comfort, uh, we forget that we're standing in a different place. I've talked with quite a few people during COVID or right before COVID that were starting a new business. And then all of a sudden, when the world dealt it the hand that it did over the past year, they they were forced to look at everything differently. They had no choice. Sadly, some of them didn't make it through, but a lot of them did. And, I, and I've wondered over the year if because the world so drastically changed that they had to look at everything differently not only their practices and their plan for their business but the way they think about business and i've seen them become very successful i think the same thing can be said for dating i, I think th there's a lot <laughs> that we probably do that we think is, is what the other people want to hear. Th this is what you're supposed to do when you go on a date. As a guy, this is what I'm supposed to do and supposed to say. And I can't figure out why over the past three years I've been dating but can't get anywhere. Well, maybe maybe it's the practices you got. Well, Chad, I'm in my mid-30s. 
I would understand if I did something that was weird and told a different story. Did you hear my example of singing happy birthday at the beginning of the show? It is one of the weirdest things when you really sit and think about it. And if somebody had no idea what the hell you were doing, that song would freak them out. That song in the burning cake would freak them out. They have nothing else to do with you. So maybe the jokes you tell, maybe that awkward way you sit, maybe that stuff that you think you're supposed to do is getting in the way of what dating really is, to be honest, is letting somebody see the real you. That's one of the things I really got from Connell. It, you want to get the girl? You want to get the girl that matches with you. How are you going to do that? You're going to show her somebody else and then say, surprise, surprise, here's what I really am. No, you need to be yourself. You need to be aware. You need to understand what's what's coming and uh, and showing up in that time of interpersonal communication is giving somebody else a completely different, different thought. I, I've got friends. I've got I've got friends in the music business when we're when we're going around and we're we're. You know, things are starting to open up now. So we've got a lot of places around this area that are looking for bands. Festivals are starting back up. And it's really funny. You you forget that even after a year, there are still these cliques where people are like, yeah, I know him, but I just don't really like him. He's not really a good guy. It's like, I I know him. I love him to death. He's one of my closest friends. What what are you talking about? But there's something there's something that somebody said or somebody something that somebody did, or maybe we're just trying to be cool and we're going to come off a different way and people have no idea who you are on the inside. You know what? Life is too short for that nowadays. Have we not all, all realized that now? I mean, I've preached about that for years on this show. As being a guy that has worked in, in hospice for over 12 years, I can, I can promise you that I do know that there's just not enough time on this planet for anyone. It's just, it's just the way it is. But look at what's happened over this past year. We've lost, There are people that were in the dating circuit that had to take a year off. You, they had to get benched for a year. There, there, there are places in this, in this country, in this, on this planet, but especially in this country, where they couldn't even go outside to see someone. We, we've read stories of people sending drones back and forth to try to communicate with neighbors they saw in a window. That, that idea of companionship, of friendship, no matter what level it is, is dire to the human existence. And people have had that taken away from them. So you're, you're not going to get back. It's a, it's a, it's a chance meeting you're, you're not going to see. I, I think too often we probably miss on the self-awareness part. We, we, we want to put something out there that's not really us. I want to challenge you to do a couple things. Number one, go check out Connell's stuff at Dating Transformation. Even if, you're, you're, you're not single. Now, don't let your significant other, your husband and wife, see you do it because they're going to wonder why you're looking at a dating site or, for, or a dating coach, right? Don't, don't freak anybody out. Men, do not do it today. It's Mother's Day. It's just the day that I'm recording this. Please, I don't know what day I'm releasing this, but please don't do it today. Um, check it out. Think about, uh, look at some of the stuff that Connell's talking about. And maybe in your work relationships, maybe in your friendships, your neighbor, maybe somebody in your church you're just not getting along with, take some time and, and, and make sure that you're showing people the real you. There is no one who knows you better than yourself. Why are you afraid to show people who you really are? I'm not talking about just dating. I'm talking about in your regular life. Why do you ever show somebody something different? What do you think it says about you? And how about this? L let's say you show, uh, hey, at work, I like to be a little bit tougher than I am, a little bit meaner than I am. Sometimes I hurt people's feelings a little bit more because I got to have that boss mentality. What do you think they think about you when they find out the real you? Oh, look, they're just nicer than I thought they were. That's not what they say. Man, she was a snot for no reason. We live in a world, too, where we are not treating each other very well every day, on the whole. Um, whether it has to do with social media or the side effect that comes with social media where we're doing it in, in person. And we're talking to each other as if we are almost um, anonymous comments, and, and none of us are that. 
are you really watching who you are? Are you really paying attention to that? Because we need to make sure that we're putting our best selves out there. The people around you will love that. You'll probably find yourself making even more friends. If you're in the dating scene, I promise you it will help. As a guy who was just always himself when he dated, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure Connell's on the right path here. Or don't take my word for it. Take the expert's word for it. But if anything else, for your own mental health, for your own well-being, spend some more time enjoying who you are. Because I'm going to tell you, when you find the people who love you for you, those people don't ever seem to fade out. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.